Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back. Welcome back for another episode with me, your host, Frankie Perez, and Frankie and the four Fs, baby. I just want to say thank you so much for everyone that listened um, and gave me a bunch of feedback. I really, really appreciate it. It was awesome. It was very overwhelming. A lot of positive, positive feedback. So thank you guys for that. I really appreciate it. Um, I got a lot of messages through text messages, a couple of phone calls, but definitely um, Instagram was very popular on demand with the DMs and uh, giving me some insight, a little detail here and there, what I should be doing and um, speaking a little slower and stuff like that. So I really did listen to all your messages and I wrote them down and made sure that, you know, each episode obviously will be getting better with detail Um, and just, you know, overall just being more fluid with my conversation and keeping everybody involved and uh, keeping this bad boy going. So last week we had uh, almost 100 people um, listen to it. So that's pretty cool. I mean, I don't know what the number should be at or whatever, but you know, the software that I'm using is uh, helping me understand the podcast world and the podcast thing a lot more. Um, so, I mean, we're all in a bunch of different outlets right now, uh, Spotify being the biggest one. Um, www.teamfrankieperez for your latest podcast or check follow it on Spotify. Um, my website is live. It's ready to go. It's in full effect. So check it out. If you know anybody that's looking for an entertainer or anything to that nature, a DJ, an event host, an event planner, um, a keynote speaker, whatever it might be, feel free to give them my information, teamfrankieperez.com. As far as last week's episode, man, I think uh, everybody, I touched a a lot um, on myself, and um, it's official. I believe next week we'll be having my first guest. I'm not going to let you guys know who it is uh, because I really want to dial it down and make sure that we have a a time and a day, but I think you guys are going to love it. Um, he's going to fit right under the, uh, fighting and famous people, but him and I have, uh, had an extensive, uh, you know, friendship throughout the years. Um, so it'll, it'll be very, very cool to have him on the show and, um, you know, talk to him a little bit more on a, you know, a a one-on-one basis, especially about, you know, all the stuff going out in the world and the stuff going out in his career and, you know, of course, my four biggest topics. So um, stay tuned for that next week. Um, so as far as my um, my week was kind of crazy, my weekend was nuts. Uh, it was actually my first weekend working again, uh, you know, all three days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you know, at a wedding, at a mitzvah, and uh, a showcase this past weekend. So that was uh, a lot of fun, tiring, you know, but it was my first weekend being back on my feet full time. So the ACL is good to go, baby. We are rocking you know it doesn't uh, I can't walk too fast I can't go down steps too fast um but I am mobile I'm walking uh I can dance a little bit I can get from A to B uh while I take my time I can get in and out of a car so everything is smooth everything's good um I can take full showers I can put ointment on my incision um and we're all good to go this acl surgery um was a success and now i'm just going to make sure the recovery is 
no issues, no problem, and I'll be back fighting hopefully by June. That is my goal. I want to do my birthday, but, you know, depending on everything goes, and uh, I don't want to rush anything. There really is no reason to rush. Um, I had it on my vision board for May 1st to have my uh, my first fight back, um, but realistically, what is the rush? Let's just make sure we don't have to do this shit again because I, I don't want to go through this process again ever in my life, knock on wood. Um, but besides that, man, something really cool I did this week that um, kind of just came out of nowhere and uh, I've been dying to do it. I've been dying to, you know, either talk to a team. I've been dying to talk to some kids, um, whatever. I don't want to be a motivational speaker, but I do would like I, I do want to talk to people. You know, I do want to talk to teams, businesses, whatever it is, and be like a kind of a keynote speaker. I uh, I don't want to be known as you know, and I'm going to repeat it again, a motivational speaker because I feel like motivation is built within us, and I feel like everyone has their own entity and their own way of motivating themselves. Um, what I do believe is that a lot of people can't motivate themselves because of the way they feel about themselves or they just have no self-belief. Um, I believe that believing in yourself first and foremost is going to motivate you to be able to do what that idea, event, sport, career is, uh, you know, what you're meant to do. So, um, I know it sounded kind of like repetitive and kind of crazy, but it's true. I feel like the only person that can truly motivate you and believe in you is you. So a lot of speakers out there, and I do follow a lot of them. Don't get me wrong. I listen to motivational speeches every morning, and um, I listen to a lot of motivational uh, speakers as far as like Eric Thomas you know, um, a lot of actors like Denzel, Will Smith, um, Tony Robbins, uh, a ton of guys out there that I love to listen to, you know, and, and it's great. It's great insight. You know, it helps me a lot, especially with my depression and stuff like that. Um, but I feel like what I'm very good at is bringing the reality to people and almost bringing out what people don't recognize in themselves. So that being said, like for me, um, believe it or not, even though, you know, I'm a full-time fighter and entertainer, you know, self-confidence definitely lacks in my life sometimes. And uh, when I'm on the mic, uh, I, I completely, you know, take over and take control of that situation. You know what I mean? But sometimes when I'm out in public or whatever, for some, whatever reason, you know, I do lack self-confidence. But Sometimes talking to people or having a little bit of insight and some conversations with close friends that, that gets to be washed away or I bring that out on myself, you know, so for some reason I'm just hard on myself and just talking with myself, sometimes I'm able to get over that shit. But a lot of people can't do that and a lot of people need these motivational speakers and, and, and need that, which is great, you know, because it definitely helps me. But um, I feel like being, a, you know, a keynote speaker and being a realist, you know, and really talking to people how they want to be spoken to um, is, is what I'm really good at. And uh, I feel like I listen to people and I understand them and I'm, I'm able to analyze them and see what they're really all about just through a conversation. 
um, and really bring it out of them and explain to them how they really are and what they really um, transpire. And a lot of the times they can't take that. So this past week, um, I have two friends that own a Zumba studio called D Fitness. And um, my girls are named Danielle and Gina. And they're awesome. I've known them for a few years now. And uh, they actually work with a rehab center out in Marlboro, New Jersey. And um, they go there and do Zumba with these kids that are in rehab. And the ages are from 13 to 18. And um, they go down there and they just dance with the kids for about an hour, hour and a half. They bring some food and then they feed them, you know. So, But the thing is that they have to take Zumba in order to you know, get fed the good food. So, um, which is kind of, it, it's funny because you get these, you know, when I walked in there, you know, a lot of these kids are from urban neighborhoods, you know, and, you know, I don't know any of their backgrounds, but a little bit of a hood, you know, um, some are from Patterson, some are from Jersey City, some are from even right around the neck, my neck of the woods in Asbury, Point Pleasant. So, um, it was really, really cool seeing these kids do Zumba and, um, man, it was just so eye-opening and so crazy, you know, like being in that center and seeing these kids just dancing Zumba and just having fun. I mean, not all of them were dancing, but I would say 85% of them were dancing. And it was super, super cool watching them interact and just vibing off each other, knowing that they were going to get food, obviously. Now, would these kids dance Zumba if they were not in rehab? I would probably say negative. Um, so they bait them a little bit and, you know, they give them that little, um, you know, that treat, you know, if they interact and have fun. But a lot of these kids did it. They didn't have to do that. I mean, regardless, they were going to eat eventually, right? Um, they could have been stubborn and not done it. But I feel like they had a lot of fun doing it, you know, and um, they were laughing. A couple of the kids were sweating from dancing so hard. And, you know, Gina and Danielle are out of their minds when it comes to Zumba and Zumba fitness and they just have tons of energy and just don't stop. And it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, so they just act, asked me to come and hang out and introduce myself. And, you know, um, they asked them the week prior if they would want their, you know, MMA buddy friend to come and, you know, hang out with them and check them out. So they were all cool and down with it. So when I walked in there, I'm not going to lie, I was a little, you know, apprehensive um, because I didn't know what I was walking into. Um, but they were so welcoming and so nice. And actually one of the kids knew me right off the bat. I actually, um, I've trained with his cousin a couple of times. So it was kind of, uh, it was, it was super, super cool. So I'm sitting there talking to the kids and I think one, one kid's name was Christian. One kid's name was drama. Um, there was a couple of one kid was named AB and everybody was in there for different reasons. One kid was, you know, alcohol. The other bunch of the other kids were, um, marijuana. Um, and there was a couple kids in there for pills. And mind you, these kids are 13 to 18. It was just the craziest thing, you know? And they asked me a couple of questions about fighting. Cause I really didn't want to go in there and, and, be another like adult trying to tell them hey you're doing the wrong thing you really need to get your life together and da, da, da. like that's not what these kids wanted to hear like these kids wanted to talk about fighting they wanted to talk about real shit you know what I'm saying and uh 
so I sat at the table and got to know these kids a little bit, you know, um, it w- which actually was kind of crazy is that some of these kids, actually the, the one kid, AB, I was talking to him and asking him questions and he's like, yeah, he's like, my, it's my uh, second time in here, you know, I'm in here for weed, this, that, and the third. And to be completely honest, I don't think you can get addicted to weed. I think this is just like a... Um, I wouldn't say an easy way out, but you know, they just probably got caught up with the wrong, wrong people ended up having some weed on them. And, you know, they said they had a, a, a weed issue and, you know, they're in rehab now. Cause I have my opinions on weed and I don't think it's a drug. I don't think it's a bad thing, but that's for me and my opinion. But anyways, um, so I met this kid and he's talking to me about what he did, this, that, and the third. And, I understood, and and then all of a sudden he goes, but I'm never coming back here. I'm never, ever going to come back to this place. And I was like, so what? Change your mind out of nowhere. Like, why? What? What's so bad here that he's like, I just don't want to. He's like, I need to get my life together, and I want to go get a job. You know, I got my cousin that's that's got a business. I'm going to go work for him, being a landscaper. I just never want to come back to this place. I'm better than this place. I got so much to live for, this, that, and a third. And I thought it was pretty incredible that the kid's only been in there for, I think, like a month and a half. And, you know, being as young as he is at 16 was able to, you know, come up with this um, objective for himself and really have a goal, you know. Um, Being surrounded by peers in the same nature and the same habits that you have, sometimes they kind of kind of just – you know, relate to each other and, oh, well, I did this, I did that. And they kind of talk about the same issues and, oh yeah, I'm going to get better, but kind of just talk about it and don't do it. I really believe that this kid was going to do better. So when I heard that, then I was like, all right, now I really, you know, I knew I was just in here to like talk to these kids and interact with them, but I think I should talk to them. So I actually sat there and I circled them all around and, um, you know, I introduced myself and actually one kid actually asked me to square up. He wanted to see my, the way I stood up and, and held my hands in my fight position, you know? Um, so I actually, I went at him and was like, why don't you show me your fight stance? Why don't you show me your fight position? You're such a tough ass. You know what I mean? And he was, he was super shy, super cool. Um, it was just breaking the ice, I think was the, the toughest part with these kids, you know, and seeing past them, they are kids at the end of the day, you know what I mean? Regardless of their backgrounds, regardless what they're there for. I mean, they're just kids that, you know, ended up stepping in some shit and, uh, they're just still trying to clean it out of the, the soles of their shoes right now. You know what I mean? But I don't think any of those kids in there were bad kids at all. They just got, you know, the shit under the stick. So, um, talking to the one kid about boxing and then that opened up the doors to where I had them in my hands and I was able to talk to them as a peer and not so much um, somebody from the outside. And, you know, when you put the reality in front of their face and kind of tell them and talk to them like one, like their own, they tend to take it in way more better instead of an adult doing it. And then they'll be way more apprehensive to listening to you. So when I spoke to them, I, uh, I didn't really get into detail on, you know, you're really fucking up in your life and you really need to do better and this, that, and a third. I already instilled that in my head that I'm not going to do that. 
So I started talking about fighting and, and how fighting relates to life and how life relates to, you know, fears and why smoking weed and all this stuff that they're doing is incorporated into all three of those things. Because, you know, when I talk about fighting on the podcast, you know, obviously we talk about UFC fights and stuff like that. But I also said fighting has many different, re- you know, many different definitions and it's able to be broken up in many different ways and for those kids that you know are in there because you know they're addicted to pills or alcohol or weed you know I feel like that's almost a fear to where they don't want to try they don't want to career they don't want to have to go out and and hustle you know so they find that like that gateway, that small little window where they can just be normal with their friends, smoke a little weed and try to be a little thug because they see this shit on Instagram and, you know, um, that's all they know and that's all they surround themselves with. But I personally feel that people that live that lifestyle and want to, you know, be part of something like that is just using that as an excuse because I know plenty of people out there that don't even have parents and they are successful, the most humble, happiest, coolest people out there. And I know friends out there that have been locked up and came from a broken home and have had it super, super rough and has made them an incredible person. Now, mind you, there is people out there that go the complete opposite way and have it rough, and have a rough upbringing, or in and out of jail, and drugs, and whatnot, but that is all a personal choice at the end of the day. If you want to live your life as happy, positive, and as normal as you want, that is all a life choice. There is schools, there's shelters, there's people out there that donate, that are willing to help somebody if they're willing to do something with their life. They're willing to do something with their life. It's these people out here, and this is girls, guys, young, older, it doesn't, it doesn't, there's no generalization of this, but there's people out there that are kind of lost in translation and just don't know what to do with themselves and just, um, I would say, you know, relate themselves to everyone around them and listen if that's the life that you want to live there's nothing wrong with that but when you're caught up in the system like some of these kids are and they don't know whether they're going left or right they need that sometimes these kids are 13 18 they need that little push that little kick in the ass to let them know what's the deal so that's what I did I sat there and I talked to these kids about life I talked to them about my background talked to them about my depression. I talked to them about, you know, retiring. I talked to them about fighting. But I also told them that you guys can do anything in your life. Just so what? You're in rehab at 13. So what? You're in rehab at 18. You have your whole life ahead of you. So at the end of this conversation, I actually spoke to one of the kids. I forget what his name is. He was super, super involved in the conversation. And um, he actually told me that... Uh, he didn't want to come back either and realize he had a problem and he's he's a guitar player. Uh, I think his name was Travis. And um, I was like, so what made you come to rehab and what, you know, 
what made you want to turn your life around? He's like, actually, one of my best friends, he's like, I realized that all my friends were, you know, separating themselves from me. But then one of my friends actually asked me to hang out and we went walking through the woods and he actually beat the shit out of me. And I'm like, really? He's like, yeah. And he's like, that's what really opened my eyes is when I had this kid who I've been friends with forever beat the shit out of me because he knew I was fucking up. And I said, my man, let me tell you something. You should call that dude right now and say, I love you and thank you for loving me. Because that is the coolest, most straight up way that you can ever help somebody. And listen, you might think I'm crazy by saying that, but the easiest way to separate yourself from a friend that has an issue is to walk away. That's the easiest way. Because let me tell you something, I've been in that situation. And I don't regret anything in my life. And there's nothing I could have possibly have done to help her. But the fact that I walked away from one of my friends that had a problem was one of the toughest days ever in my life when I found out she passed away. Now, that kid that went in that woods, that went in the woods and beat up this kid Travis because he was trying to help him. He needed that to knock some sense in him, literally. And guess what? Right after that happened, the kid checked himself into rehab and realized that he was fucking up. Realized that, you know, nobody wanted to be around him. Realized that he had a problem. So I I envy and I, I applaud that kid that was helping him because a lot of people that were in his life already took the easy way out and just walked away. And didn't try to help this kid. And mind you, we don't know the full story. I don't know what, you know, this kid has done. I just read this kid like a book and and understood what kind of vibes he was giving me, you know. And he was lost. He was absolutely lost. But I believed in everything he said by him getting better, him wanting to, you know, be more positive, him wanting to be, a, you know, a guitar player and really get down with it. So it was an incredible, incredible experience talking to those kids. And I felt like on cloud nine when I left there, um, especially afterwards that all this, they all came up and gave me, you know, uh, you know, shook my hand and, you know, a couple of them gave me a pat on the back. One of the kids gave me a hug and appreciated me coming out there and talking to them and said, man, you're one of the most realest dudes that's ever come out here. He's like, you spoke to us like, like you're one of us. He's like, you didn't come out here and try to preach to us and try to, you know, save our lives and this, that, and the third. And they were super, super happy. So thank you, Gina. And thank you, Danielle, for bringing me out there. If anybody ever, you know, would like me to come speak to, you know, their employees, their schools, other rehab centers that are in the area, um, teams, whatever it might be, I would love, love, love to do that. Um, I would even do it for free, uh, just like I did on Friday. Uh, it's not a money thing. I just, I would love to spread knowledge and just meet new people and um, hear new stories and, and really just learn, learn from, you know, the people um, in this world. You know, I have so much more to learn and I can't, I can't wait to see where this really, this podcast takes me and, you know, the people I'm going to meet and and be educated by. And it's just, uh, 
it was an incredible feeling. So I just wanted to share that with you. Um, but yeah, man, I hope you guys had a killer week. Uh, I really can't wait for next week for our guests. I really can't wait to announce it. Um, if you guys don't know, if you guys go on my website at teamfrankieperez.com, uh, the four F's actually has its own tab. So you can go on there, um, for all the latest podcasts and stuff like that. And I'm also going to be putting announcements every week on, on the guests coming in and all that stuff. So, um, you'll be able to keep updated on that. Uh, as far as that goes, man, the, the weekend had some fights. We had some UFC fights. The, I believe it was the first fights in Argentina. Um, I don't know how to say who the who, the guy that Magny fought, um, but it was a UFC fight night. Uh, Magny versus that dude Santiago Ponzinbio. 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 I don't fucking know what his name is, but there was a couple. I'm not gonna talk about the whole card, um, but there was a couple of fights on the card that were really really good. Um, I was able to get the highlights while I was working, so um, the undercard was all right. I'm going to tell you one dude that stuck out to me that, man, I don't know. He just made his debut. I don't know where the hell this guy came from, but holy shit was uh, Johnny Walker. He um, he defeated uh, Khalil uh, Roundtree. And, dude, Roundtree is no pushover. He's tough as shit. He's very, very good wrestling, very good striking. Like He's a really good fighter. And this dude, Johnny Walker, literally walked through him. And... Dude, he knocked him out with elbows in the clinch, which was the craziest thing ever. But this dude's long. He's strong. He's comfortable. He's confident. He's so relaxed. And, man, I'm telling you right now, I don't know who the hell is going to beat this dude. Um, he's He reminds me a little bit like John Jones, you know? Like, I'm not going to lie. I think John Jones is... Hands down, you know, probably number one pound for pound on the list right now. Um, but, man, this dude was good. Uh, I mean, he took Roundtree out in the first, you know, two minutes of the fight. So, um, another fight that was that was really good um, was uh, my boy Marlon Vera. Uh, he took his dude out, and he was fighting a local dude, um, Guido. So, that was a really, really tough fight. If you know Marlon Vera, man. Uh, Chito, they call him Chito. He's super dope, super dynamic, super fun to watch. Um, you don't know what the hell he's gonna do. Um, and also uh, the other Cuban in the in the UFC, Ricardo Lamas. Um, he beat the shit out of Darren Elkins, man. That fight wasn't even close, but that was crazy, man. Ricardo needed that, man. That was a great, great fight. Elkins is a warrior and fought to literally the last minute of the fight, and the ref stopped it. Um, ref probably could have stopped it three or four times prior to that, but, but he didn't, um, man, Darren Elkins, one of those dudes that he, he could have no arms, no legs, and he'll still, he'll headbutt you. He don't give a fuck. He really doesn't give a shit. So, um, that was a great, great showing by Ricardo Lamas. And then obviously the, the main event, Santiago and Magni, um, man, Dude, Santiago had his first loss, his last fight, and uh, I think he got hurt, and it was kind of on a little bit of a layoff. But now, uh, you know, he was back in Argentina, first fight in Argentina, I believe. And, um, man, Magni is a tough dude. Long, lanky, durable, 
very very um you know he he's per, he's a good fighter he's he's good everywhere you know um he's a pretty good all-around fighter but man did santiago put a beat he put a, a a technical beating on on neil man um his jab was working good his striking was working he had neil on the fence the whole fight and then bro he put him to sleep in that fourth round man put him to sleep um that was just crazy to me, man. I mean, Magni, I've seen Magni lose before, but never like that. I mean, he was out on his feet. That shit was crazy. So that was a good overall card. I mean, all the way top to bottom was pretty top, pretty uh, exciting. Um, but I mean, those those four fights right there were really uh, what took it for me. Um, I was going to talk about the Cavillo fight, but I mean, those girls were all right. I mean, uh, Cavillo caught her. She caught her, she hurt her, but um, I ain't giving no love for that because she didn't make weight, and that's one thing I don't play with, man. Uh, the making weight process is a bunch of bullshit to me. If you don't make weight, I think that's super unprofessional, um, and I think that um, instead of being fined, it should be something bigger, like suspensions or something like that. Um, not going to lie, and uh, I just um, – listen – we are told what weight class, what thing we're going to be making in a certain amount of time. And I get it. The females are a little different, you know, because they got that friendly, that friendly time of the month that is pretty tough on them and whatnot. It's a little harder. But at the end of the day, we're all professionals in this game. And to lose money, 20% of your purse, because you were a pound or something over. Now, now, mind you, when I saw the weigh-ins, Cynthia looked like complete dog shit. Um, like, she was hurting. Uh, like, she definitely couldn't cut any more weight. I mean, she was a mess. She was falling over and stuff. But to be honest, like, why let yourself get to that point? Like, I felt like shit at weigh-ins, but I've never, ever had to be carried to weigh-ins and I've never missed weight in my career. And I'm a really big 55er. I'm 5'11". I'm pushing 190-something right now because of my ACL and stuff. But realistically, when I'm in camp, I walk around at 75 to 85, like in that window, depending on, you know, how much time I have left. But the week of my fight, I never cut any more than 10 to 15 pounds. And I've always made weight. I have energy the day of weigh-ins, you know, and... For all these people that are out here just missing weight left and right, I think that's the most unprofessional thing ever. Um, especially now the way science is. And, dude, you got all these people out here that are dietitians and, and professional nutritionists. And, you know, like George Lockhart does an incredible job, man. He's my boy, and he does an awesome, awesome job. And um, there's, a, there's a bunch of other guys, you know, out there doing it. Um, but I don't understand how people keep missing weight. Like, dude, I get it. Like, all right, your diet didn't work that, that time or whatever, this, that, and the third. But like, yo, figure it the fuck out. Like, I would never want to miss an opportunity over a, a pound or something. Or no, you know what I'm saying? Like, watch, I'm fucking, I'm going to jinx myself now in my next fight. I'm going to fucking miss weight by 15 pounds. Watch. But it's just crazy to me how... These people have been fighting the same... Most of these people have been fighting the same weight their whole fucking career. So, 
this is your 15th fight, and somehow you're just going to miss weight out of nowhere? You made it the first 14, but now 15, you just decided to fucking miss weight by a pound? What is that bullshit? Go fucking upstairs and go strap yourself to a treadmill. Go sleep in a sauna and go fucking... Are you kidding me? Like, my last fight in the UFC when I fought Chris Wade in, in Nassau Coliseum... Yeah, I was retaining water like a motherfucker. I don't know what the deal was. Maybe I had my period. I don't know what the fuck it was. But I just couldn't drop weight. And it was hotter outside than it was inside the workout room. So you know what the fuck I did? I lubed up. I fucking got all kinds of oil. I got all kinds of garbage bags. And I went running around the fucking stadium with my with my training partner, my boy uh, Nicholas. Dude, and I'll be honest, I got fucking lost. And I had to walk back. And I thought I was going to die. But guess what? I made fucking 155. It was just something I had to do. Actually, after I got done with that, I still had two pounds to go. And I had to take a bat that night. That's where I thought I was going to fucking die. All right? Shit's going to happen. You know? That was just a bad weight cut. That shit happens. It, it, it is what it is. But we're fucking professionals. You have one job. One job. And that's what everybody says. Oh, you have two jobs. Make weight and fucking win. No. Actually, we have fucking one job. Make the fucking weight. Okay? Winning is voluntary. Okay? You don't have to fucking win to get paid. You got to make weight to get paid. All right? And people are like, yo, what do you mean winning's voluntary? Yeah, winning's voluntary. Either you want to win or you don't. All right? But fucking the real job is to make the weight. I think that's a fucking lame excuse that you had your fucking period or whatever. I get it. But you guys should fucking know your bodies. You should know what the hell's going on. You know what's going in your body. I'm going to tell you, man. I'm not the... Uh, I, I'm not the... I don't have a nutritionist. I don't have none of that bullshit. Um, because I know my body. I don't need it. I make weight. I feel great. You know. Um, I eat clean. But if I do cheat and have a cake or a pizza or whatever it is... I know the next day I'm going to have to really bust my ass to get that fucking bullshit out of my system. And not for nothing, sometimes you need a cake. Sometimes you need a pizza. You can only eat clean for so long until your fucking body starts feeling like shit. You know what I mean? But, yo, man, it's like common sense. Like, you're in the UFC. You're in the pinnacle of of fighting. And you can't fucking make weight? And you're going to miss it by a pound? Like, come on. Like, really? Like, if you're going to fucking miss weight, just miss weight. Miss it by fucking five pounds. Walk in there with a cheeseburger. Say, yo, I quit. I'm not fucking doing it. Take 20%. I'll still fight you. Like, fucking do that. By a pound, by half a pound. I'm like, yo, it's crazy. Crazy. And then the guys that do it over and over again. Like, yo, Johnny Hendricks used to miss weight like crazy. Like, bro, stop eating fried fucking chicken and you'll make weight. How about that? What the fuck? Stop eating Burger King and you'll make fucking weight. Even like Khabib. That's crazy. Khabib. The best 55er on the planet right now. He made weight the last couple times, but he's had the hardest time cutting weight. And now let me tell you something. These Dagestan dudes cut weight a whole nother fucking... Talk about mental toughness. Like, that shit's crazy. The way that these guys cut weight, man. Like, my teammates are beat. Whoa. I can't, you hear that dude's bigger than me and he makes weight. And the way he makes weight is crazy, but to each his own, man. I mean, he goes out there and fucking performs, you know what I mean? But like, bro, like that's, I, I've almost missed weight once. 
and it was an amateur fight. I was all the way in Ohio. I just fought four weeks prior, so my body was still like fucked up from that shit, and I didn't let it rest, and I cut weight, right? And we show up the day of the fight, and we go in to check our weight. We're good on our scale, but when we went in, it said like 156 or 158. 158 on the scale, excuse me. And we're like, oh, fuck. So we literally had to run down to the to the gym, to the sauna. And fucking my brother and my dad baked me in the sauna for, for another like hour until I got that fucking weight off. And it took me forever to get it off, but I got it off, you know? And that was the closest I've ever came to, to missing weight. But, man, yo, get your fucking shit together. Get your life together. Stop fucking blowing up so much in between fights and make fucking weight. I love food. I love cake. I love cookies. I love pizza. I love Chinese food. I love Brazilian food. I love Spanish food. I love fucking food. But I make fucking weight. That's what should happen. These people who fucking make weight, they should be like suspended and summons and they should only be able to eat like fucking broccoli for six months. Just to fucking instill it in their head that they eat like shit. Like here, we're going to send you broccoli and Brussels sprouts for the next fucking four months. Because you didn't want to fucking make weight. So that's what's going to happen. Here you go. Eat like a fucking giraffe. Boom. Sorry about that rant, but fucking making weight really pisses me off. You know, these... It's like, I mean, to each his own, man. That's, that's their own. That's the... Hey, they make their bed and they lay in it, right? So, fuck, man. I just don't get it. I just don't get it. Just over and over again, just missing weight, missing weight. But, yeah, man, um, as far as the fights go, but we got some fights coming up. Actually, my teammates got fights coming up. So, um, Corey Anderson's fighting at the end of the year. He's got a uh, a big fight. Hopefully, uh winner of that gets, uh, gets a title fight. He's fighting Eerie Latifi, so I'm super, super excited about that. Um, and that's really it right now, I think, as far as my teammates going. Yeah, it was, uh, Frankie was supposed to fight. He was injured. Eddie just signed with 1FC, so he doesn't have anything going on. Um, so yeah, I keep you guys posted on fights like that coming up too, man. But that was my, that was my fighting rant. I just, uh, I, I just get pissed off by stupid shit. You know, that's just so petty, stupid shit. But talking about other stupid shit. Um, you guys hear about this fucking idiot six nine getting arrested? So this is the the portion of uh, the fucking famous people, and uh, I mean this dude. If you guys don't know who six nine is, I mean he's like this up and coming young Mexican rapper from New York, and um, he's got six nine tattooed on his fucking face and roses and all kinds of face tattoos, and you've definitely seen him on Instagram talking all kinds of shit and saying all kinds of. Uh, crazy words and he's just a wild cat but that's the shit that works for him but my homeboy finally some shit just caught up to him and he actually got locked up um for racketeering charges and held without bail facing life in prison that shit is crazy man because let me tell you something life in prison is no fun okay and uh 
I think that's just wild. Like this dude's been fucking reckless out here in the streets between fights and shootings and making buku millions of dollars. And um, it's just wild out here for him, you know? And it sucks because, you know, I don't really, you know, know anything about the rap game. And, you know, I know right now what's hot is being different and, you know, doing crazy shit to get more likes and, and more views and whatnot. But man, this kid, you know, he makes tracks and, you know, just cause I'm not a fan of his music doesn't mean it's bad music. Just, it just, I don't vibe with it. You know, I'm kind of an old school G and I like old school R&B. I like salsa music, you know what I mean? So, um, I have a different vibe, but man, these kids just vibe with his crazy ass fucking music. And this kid really just took over the game for a while, you know, for probably a year and change since he's come out, you know, he's got crazy rainbow hair and whatnot. And he really just speaks his mind and gets crazy on the fucking Instagram, but people love it. You know, people love it. They thrive off of him, but that just goes to show you, bro, no matter how much money you make, no matter how gangster you think you are, no matter, you know, how bled, how bled, because that's all he says, all right, blood, you fucking think you got. Fucking feds are always on your ass, bro. You can't beat the man. The man will always prevail. So good luck to him, man. I mean, I'll keep you guys updated. I'm sure some shit will happen, man. But that's crazy. That kid's young. I don't know how old he is. He's like early 20s. Got to be early 20s. And uh, he's like facing, what, eight counts? Uh, charged with six counts. In eight count racketeering indictment. That's crazy. And held without bail. As a allegedly conspired wow. organizations make uh, that known to make use of murder, robbery, and drugs to solidify power. Wow. So they're hitting them with conspiracy too. Wow. So does his manager. His manager got locked up also that's wild see it ain't always it ain't it doesn't always pay to be the cool guy out in the streets you know what i mean um that's kind of wild that is kind of wild but hey man whatever fucking shit sucks for him but i mean he'll still be making money off of his shit you should just be more like cardi b bro cardi b's funny as fuck you know she makes okay music you know what I mean? But she's like real and she's out here. Not saying he's not, but she's definitely way more funny and way more better on the eyes. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? That does. Yeah, baby. So um, that's just wild, man. That's just crazy that, you know, this whole this whole kid, you know, I kind of I kind of feel bad for him in a way because, you know, you get you get this young kid that has been trying to make it and rapping and, and grow. He grew up in, in the ghetto, you know, in Brooklyn. And, you know, he grew up a certain type of way and he's hustling out here, whatever he might be doing, selling drugs, hustling little side jobs here and there, robbing people, whatever it might be. Finally makes it in the rap world, blows up, blows the fuck up out here. And then, he gets all these people that all of a sudden want to be part of his life. But then like, I'm sure it's like, 
this guy's promising one thing, that guy's promising him one thing, this, that, and the third, and they're all just, you know, jumping on the bandwagon, milking this dude for any dollar that he's got, but at the end of the day, nobody else is getting in trouble but, you know, the face of the bandwagon, you know? So I kind of feel bad for him, but, I mean, he put himself in that own situation, you know what I mean? Hey, bro, you could take the thug out of the hood. You can't take the hood out of the thug. Remember that. So that's just crazy. That's crazy. But hey, man. Can't have your cake and eat it too, bro. Shit happens. What are you going to do? So as far as that goes, one big thing I wanted to talk to about um, as far as my next two topics with females and fear is actually I want to, I want to intertwine with them a little bit. And I want to talk about what is the mindset behind men and women, um, but more, more so men, the fear that they have talking to females. I feel like that's a huge issue in the world. Um, and females have that issue too. Um, but I feel more as to men because a lot of women, I feel they, you know, the man needs to come up to me and ask me, you know, out or what's up. But a lot of men don't have that self-confidence and I don't know what it entails to build that self-confidence. Um, cause we've all had it. I've gone through it and, you know, sometimes I still go through it just cause I mean, I'm single, I go out and I meet people, but a lot of times I really don't like even talking to girls out anymore because a lot of these girls go out with their friends and, you know, I don't know what they're looking for and they don't know what I'm looking for. But most of the time you go talk to a girl in a club or a bar or something and they're automatically on the defense. Why is that? Why is that? Because I feel like if girls weren't on the defense, I feel like guys would talk to them more. And not for nothing, I know there's some like weirdo dudes out there that come up and talk and say some weird shit or hit you with a one-liner or some kind of stupid shit like that. But where could we find a happy medium to where men and women can connect and conversate normally without having some kind of defensive um, attitude. Let that register real quick. Like why, if I go talk to a woman at a bar, why does it automatic have to be like, I'm a douche or, and I'm not saying for like me personally, I'm just saying in general, like I'm a douche or, um, I'm a weirdo. I'm a creep. You know, why can't it just be a conversation? Or for instance, like, why can't you be in a club and there's a group of girls dancing and you're with your boys having a good time dancing and you just want to dance? Like, I'm not talking like bump and grind, rub my shit on some girl's ass. I'm talking about just dance. Grab her by her hand and just dance. Like, why does it automatically like, ah, I'm not dancing with you. Like, why has it got to be that way? Like, that's what I want to know. And like, uh, not next week, but the following week, I'm going to have a girl on here because when I get in-depth conversations about females, I really would love to have a female here and get her point of view and kind of go back and forth and kind of see what they think and see, 
um, the, like, I guess conception in their head is because like, I feel like if I have a female on the spot, that's, you know, popular and goes through that stuff, believe it or not, man, women feel the same way us men do. They just have a more elegant, classy way of going about it. Some of them anyways. But yeah, I just always wondered that and why, like, why do men are always like trying like why can't it just be an easy conversation on like hey how are you nice to meet you um what's your name where you from what do you do can we just have a conversation why is it always got to be like yo i'm trying to fuck so i know you don't know me but i don't know you but uh you know can we figure this out so i can lay on top of you Oh, what's going on? Like, why is it always got to get to that element? Like, why is it got to go there? Why can't it just be an easy conversation? Like, there's been plenty of times where I've gone out and had, like, a guy's night and had girls there willing and wanting to talk to me. But I just wanted to have a guy's night. I remember this one time... I'm hanging out at this local bar named Metro and it's like a Thursday night. I'm there with like four of my buddies. We're just hanging out. We're chilling. It's just a guy's night having some beers. The place is dead. And this girl comes over, sits next to me, throws her leg on top of me. Don't know this girl from a hole in the wall and thinks it's okay. And goes, Hey, my name is whatever her name. We'll call her Desiree. I'm, I'm from, uh, I'm from Freeho. Where are you from? You know? And, um, I'm like, I pull her fucking leg off of my leg and I go, how you doing? I'm Frankie. How can I help you? And she's like, well, that was rude. I'm like, no, you're being rude by just jumping into the seat, throwing your leg on top of me and interrupting a conversation I have with my friends. She's like, well, why? You don't want to talk to me? I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't mean to be rude, but yeah, I was just having a conversation with my friends. So no, I don't want to speak to you. She's like, well, you know, I think you're friends with my friends. And I said, yeah, who's your friend? And she told me I ended up knowing the dude. And she goes, yeah, that's my boyfriend. I said, oh, that's your boyfriend. Nice. She's like, yeah, we met this, that, and the third. I used to be um, a professional dancer in the city. And I said, oh, that's cool. Nice nice to know you. You think you're, uh, you think my friend, that's your boyfriend, would like the fact that he would walk in here on your legs on top of my leg? He's like, no, he's not like that. He, We have an open relationship. I said, oh, okay, why don't you uh, open your relationship outside away from me somewhere? How about that? So she got up and walked away. She was super pissed. But, like, why is that okay in a female's world, but if a guy walks over and puts his arm around a girl, mind you, that's super fucking creepy, don't get me wrong, but, like, why does that hit, like, a different kind of vein, you know what I mean, like, a guy walks over and sits down and throws his arm over and starts talking, and he's super, like, aggressive, I don't think either or is right, but I feel like, when a girl does it, oh, it's like, oh, she was just being funny. Da, da, da. But when a guy does it, it's like, whoa, dude, pump your fucking brakes, you weirdo. Like, you're a fucking creep. Somebody call the cops. 
Like it's always like times 10 when the guy does something creepy like that. You know what I mean? Or it doesn't even have to be like something of that nature. It just says a, a certain sentence or acts a certain way. You know what I mean? Like why is it always multiplied worse when the guy does it than the girl does? You know? So like that's where I want to get into like when I have a girl on here and kind of go back and forth and talk about that. But now I'm starting to like get off topic. But what I want to get to is when a girl can speak to a guy without being defensive. That's where I want to get to. That's what I want to know what the mindset is um, behind all that. Like what, in my head, when I go and speak to a girl, one, I'm not looking for anything. I really just genuinely like to have a conversation and see what's up, depending on the situation. Um... Where I would be in this um, mindset is really just talking. Like when I was younger, I spoke to girls because I wanted to have sex with them. That was it. When I was in the clubs and DJing, yeah, what's your name? Oh, Stephanie. Oh, cool. Yeah, my name's Frank. I'm the DJ. Oh my God, you're the DJ? Boom. Sold. Going home. Let's rock. Done. You know what I mean? And... I slowly grew out of that. I never thought I would. And uh, now it's like I meet girls DJing and it's like the same typical bullshit story. Oh, my God. You're the DJ. Oh, you're so cute. And da, 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 da. They like, I'm like, yeah, thanks. You know, appreciate it. Blah, 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 blah. And have normal conversation like, oh, can 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 I have your number? Or I'm like, you can have my card call me if you ever have a job like believe it or not that's really generally genuinely how I am nowadays and I have been for like the last like five years because that shit gets so played out but if girls came up to me and just had a conversation about music or yo where do you DJ at this that, and the third like and just real and had fun and it would be so much better you know it would it, it would have the whole concept of meeting someone out so much more fun and 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 relaxing you know it's like having a conversation about traveling careers life people watching whatever it might be instead of just thinking the end result right there i'm gonna marry this guy you know what i mean or you know just jump to a complete different title right off the bat so, like, I feel like if we slowly as a community change our um, mindset to where guys can just speak to girls in a normal frequency, I think that would be outstanding. Um, I think it would change the whole dating game. I think it would change the whole um, going out game. I think the interaction between males and females, the whole thing would change as quick and as easy with just a conversation with no defense mechanisms, being open-minded, having real conversations about real things and just being themselves instead of going out and trying to pretend they're somebody, pretend that they, you know, own something pretend that they're 
not trying to impress you, but they really are because all of a sudden they took their Maserati keys out of their pocket, which they don't even fucking, that they valeted, that they can't even fucking get to the car if they didn't want to, you know, or, you know, rented the Rolex for the fucking night or whatever it might be and just be a real person. I think that would change the whole game up. But nowadays, it's so crazy because I feel like divorce is such in a high high demand right now. And dating is so crazy because it's all over, you know, apps and social media and whatever that it's changing conversations and it's changing people's personalities because they're hiding behind their phones. So now... Instead of being defensive and all that, now people are socially awkward because they don't know how to have a real conversation without texting. You know what I'm getting at here? So, like, that's what I'm saying. It's crazy to where people, men, have a hard enough time walking up to women and having a conversation between defense mechanisms between their self-confidence between trying to think of a conversation but now they've been so sheltered with social media bullshit and and dating apps that they don't even know how to hold the conversation anymore so that just changes up the whole game now too so like that's where i'm thinking of like everyone that listens to podcasts like yo drop it in my feedback on anchor or my website drop um some my DMs, whatever it is, text me if you know me. And let me know for the mindset for for males, what is the mindset before you go up and speak to a girl? Like, why is, why do we feel nervous? And obviously, it, the key number one thing is rejection. But why do we hold rejection at such a high standard? Like, why can't you get rejected and just be okay with it? Like, what is the mentality? What is the breakdown? You know, because I can give you mine, but if I feel like if I hear it from someone else, it would be so much different. Um, and I'll be able to relate and, and open up a little bit more about this subject. But that's like something I, I'm going to get into definitely more in detail um, between the next couple of weeks. Because um, I know it's Thanksgiving week and uh, there's a lot of things going on in everyone's life between family traveling, family flying in, whatever it might be. Um, the holiday season is here, but definitely in the next couple of weeks, um, the next couple of episodes, I'm definitely going to have some girls on here to talk more about that special subject, that detail, um, those defense mechanisms. Cause I think when I have a female on here, it's going to be able to open up everyone's eyes because all you do is hear me speak and you get my opinions, but I'll be honest. I see both sides of the uh, of the fence, and uh, I understand both sides. Um, but I can't relate to the female side because obviously I'm not a fucking female. But I would like to hear their 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 issues. I would like to hear their ideas. I would like to hear their um, preferences. I would like to hear. Um, their point of view on that. So stay tuned for that, man. And yeah, man, I think we got through a lot of stuff today. Um, 
each episode, I told you, some are going to be shorter, some are going to be longer. I might go on rants sometimes, like I did with the weight cut and the females and 6'9". Um, like I said, I'm learning each and every day more and more about this podcast stuff. I'm doing research. I'm getting ideas. I don't write anything down. I have my little marker board that has like little subjects and details that I want to talk about, and then I kind of just go off of that. So... Please feel free to leave feedback. Let me know what you guys think. Um, I love each and every one of you. And thank you for coming on and hearing me in this journey that we take together. Um, Let me know if you like the short podcast, the longer podcast, any kind of feedback you want to give me. um, Feel free to, to just drop it in, man. I would love, love to hear about it. So... Thank you guys so much for tuning in today, episode number two. I just want to wish everyone a happy and safe holiday. Um, Happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy. Eat a ton of food. If you're going out Thanksgiving Eve, don't drink and drive. Be safe. And ladies and gentlemen, episode two of Frankie and the Four Fs has come to a conclusion. We hope you enjoyed. Thank you for listening. Subscribe. Follow us, and you already know. Stay smiling, stay happy, stay positive. I'll see you guys next week. Ciao.